Welcome to Love and Other Investments, where we talk about finances, but more importantly, how finances impact relationships. My name is John, and I'm a financial planner. And my name is Jeff, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to Love and Other Investments. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about attachment. We're talking about uh, marriages. We're talking about um, building something together. But I think probably the easiest way to say this is um, we live in a very individualistic society. The individual is pretty important these days. And I'm kind of curious if that's having some impact on people's marriages where they kind of grow together as a couple or they just kind of stay individuals and... What was the thing you said before we started the episode? Are we going to grow together as a couple or just a couple of individuals? Yeah, that's good. I like that. So is that a thing? I mean, do you, th- do you think that what we're seeing a lot more of right now is people trying to really push care for the individual versus the couple? You know, I'm, I'm not a historian, <clears throat> but I've always had the impression that American culture is pretty individualist. Mm-hmm. And... So, but recently, I think all of us have the experience that, you know, there's more of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody would disagree. I'm sure somebody will disagree with me and they will, they will have the ability to have their own individual opinion about this, right? Maybe even people in your own family. Uh, Maybe so. (laughs) There's a good chance. (laughs) So yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that assertion that there's more of this going on. And I think what we're trying to get at here is what happens when there are two individuals that come together and their own identities are strong and independent and they create a relationship that let's say that's lasting or that will be lasting. Um, what occurs? Do they just, are they just, is it like parallel play with little kids or sitting in the, in the sandbox when they're two years old and their little friend is sitting next to them and they're playing in the same location, but they're not really playing with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not sharing, they're not building together and they're not, right. you know what I mean? Is it some adult version of that? Mm-hmm. Or is it that they learn to have a shared identity? Maybe we call that we, mm-hmm. right? It's in going from I to we. That is such a um, an interesting thing to think about. I mean, we've mentioned this in some of our other episodes where we talk about how some of the demographic changes over the last 40 or 50 years, you know, the whole idea of the nuclear family where dad worked, mom stayed home and raised the kids, um, and how that has changed so much and how, um, you know, more egalitarian things mm-hmm. have become. Um, you know, society has pushed back pretty hard against the idea of an alpha male. Um, you know, and we now kind of, everybody wants an equal seat at the table. Mm -hmm. And while that sounds great, um, an equal seat at the table where everybody gets everything they want all the time is a pretty tall order. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody ever got everything they wanted all the time ever. Correct. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, you know, for me, this is about, um, a change in how we view ourselves, a change in our identity. And when we're talking about identity for an individual, what we really mean is 
in the simplistic way of thinking of it, it's a, an experience of ourselves, right? Like our our identity has to do with our own experience of ourselves. Now, I'm not get a lot of flack for that one because it's because it's pretty simplistic. But just as a general thing, not going too far down the rabbit hole here. Um, the idea of identity is the thing that we believe ourselves to be. You know, mm-hmm. our identity is who we who we think we are. Mm-hmm. I am a psychotherapist. I am a husband. I am a father. Whatever, however you would answer that question would be a rough sense of your own perception of your identity. But what happens when we are in a relationship? What happens to the view of our identity? And in this instance, I think there's something interesting where we have this attachment process going mm-hmm. on. We've talked about attachment before, but I'll just refresh us in a very short way. Okay. So attachment theory is the idea that um, when we're tiny, when we're babies, we have a set of probably innate um, behaviors that help to draw us to our parents, our caretakers, so that we're always in a safe situation. You know, the um, the saber-toothed tiger is not going to jump out and kill us because we're in proximity of our caregivers. And mm-hmm. th- those behaviors have to do with crying and reaching and, you know, sort of doing behaviors that make me as an infant connected to you as my mom or dad. Right. There's a an analogous thing that happens in adult relationships where there's something innate in us, perhaps, or at least culturally very strong, mm-hmm. that draws us to our partner. That feeling of being in love, that sense that we can't live without them, mm-hmm. that... Life will be better if only we could be with them 24-7. Right. It has this kind of analogous um, quality mm-hmm. to that earlier attachment process. And, and this is a really cool idea because <clears throat> what it's really saying is, is that we believe that we would be stronger and that we would be safer. Yes, yeah, safer. And that we would be more productive and we would be more successful. Life would be better. Life will be better if we're together and we can bring together the best parts of both of us. Yes. And that's an assumption that we don't often say out loud. Right. It's yes. the quiet thing, right? It's the quiet thing. But <clears throat> if I'm in a relationship and I want to maintain my core identity as an individual, but I want to, as you said, um, share shared play right. with my spouse, right. where there are parts of our relationship where we enjoy being together but I'm still just me and you're still just you. We haven't really taken the big leap, have we? No, there's a, you know, you and I have this idea that we were talking about before the episode started, that this is a moment in our life where we get to decide consciously to make something that's bigger than the I, bigger than me, right? We have this opportunity to, be concrete and deliberate to make we, to make us. And this is so different than what we experience as as children. We don't have any real agency 
as to how safe our parents make us feel. Right. We don't really have a voice where we say, hey, this is what I need. And, and, and when I reach for you, I need you to be there. And yeah, when to be I, attuned and responsive yeah. and caring. <clears throat> I need all of these things. Oh, okay, well, great, we'll do that. I know you're only two, we'll figure it out. You don't get to say that right. as a kid. And so you have this experience until you get older. Um, and maybe you grow up feeling insecure, or maybe you grow up feeling secure, either when. Right. But when you find your person, you're actually now in a really unique position where you get to choose how connected of an attachment you're going to experience. Yeah. And it's a funny thing, this word choose, because I think most of us, when we start in a relationship with uh, a significant other at the beginning of that relationship, we don't really have much sense of choosing it. Like we go on a date or we, you know, Mm -hmm. we go out or whatever we connect, we talk, whatever. And those little things seem like choosing, but there's sort of a spot where there's a momentum Mm -hmm. in the relationship and suddenly the momentum takes over and we find ourselves feeling in love. Right. And it's really not that we're choosing it anymore. We don't experience it as deliberate, like, oh, I'm going to go to the bank and get some money out or I'm going to, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy a car. I'm I'm in the river and I can't get out. Right. Yeah. So... It's a funny little moment in our experience of our identity because in one way we've made little decisions in order to confirm this person as the right one for us, but in another way we've been swept along and we don't think of it as necessarily our own choosing. So I think that this is a moment that's incredibly important because it, as you point out, it offers us the opportunity to do something different, something not that we didn't get to choose when we were growing up, but that we can choose now if we endeavor to try to make ourselves aware of the things that are hidden to us. Yeah. And those things include all kinds of assumptions about, you know, how a relationship could go, mm-hmm. what it is that we're wanting or needing out of a relationship, what a future looks like, and what we want and need. Um, so, I, you know, again, I think the big point here is you're at a crossroads. Do you want to make a we mm-hmm. to co-create something together? Or do you want to have parallel play? Yeah, I, you know, I've been... I've tried to listen really well, but I've had this thought in my head and I've just got to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> There's something really amazing about this. You're talking about being kind of swept along yeah. in this romantic relationship. And, you know, you just decide we're, we're going to do, this is my person. And so then you go to um, this event with all of your people. Yeah. And you answer the question, is this your person? And you say, I do. Yes. I will. Right. Right. And you've made this decision. And then something really dumb happens in our brains. And we feel like, well, that's the last decision there is to make. Yes. All I got to do was choose my person. I don't get to choose what kind of relationship I'm going to have. That's somehow outside of my agency or outside of my power or outside of my ability to select. And so then if the relationship isn't going quite right this week or this month or this year, I go, oh, I must have made a bad choice. 
but that isn't what we're talking about. Right. We're saying that there are daily choices that can be made after yeah. the I do that actually allow you to choose to create not a not a time but a process to create a co-identity. Yeah. I think you're onto something. <clears throat> There's I, I've been a psychotherapist a long time and I work with couples a fair amount of time. And one of the things I've noticed is it's very hard for an engaged couple to call off a wedding. Mm -hmm. There is such a momentum Mm -hmm. and they have such a profound experience of being in love and wanting to spend the rest of their life together that even if it's an incredibly bad fit, they most of the time choose to say I do. Mm -hmm. I think that momentum extends beyond the I do. That's what you're pointing out. And they just keep being swept along as if um, there's nothing there to build. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing where, you know, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to come home and I'm going to have dinner with my partner and then maybe we'll watch TV and go to bed and that's Mm -hmm. it. It's just, uh, hey, I'm in the process and this is what it is. It's it for a lot of people. I don't think it ever gets to be to the point where they say, "Hey, what do we want to build, build together? Like, what do we want our relationship to be?" Yeah, and that all waves eventually reach the shore and run out of energy. Yeah, and so it's great to have that initial romantic energy. It's great to have that push of nature, if you will. Yeah. Um, that, that gets us together and gets us going. But at some point in time, it has to be replaced by work. And, and, and I know that our listeners have never heard this before, but, but some experts have floated the idea out there that marriage is work. <laughs> right. That maybe one or two. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but the work is what we're saying is the work is, is in building this new we identity. That's right. Um, at the expense at the risk of giving up some of our individual identity. Do you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, just the little, the little details of life are even like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think there's something happening in those first few months when you're first living together with your partner, where you're deciding where the spoons should go in the drawer or where the, does the toilet paper go over or under, or do you squeeze the toothpaste from the end or the middle? And let's not even get into what percentage of milk you should buy. Right. Exactly. Whether it should be over almond. Right. Right. Yeah. So every one of these tiny decisions, including, you know, of course all the big decisions too, Mm -hmm. um, begin to create some kind of friction. And you either decide, am I going to do this together? Are we going to cooperate? Are we going to build something together? Or I'm going to insist that it goes one way, and, and they're going to insist it goes another, and we're just going to fight about it. So you have to, it's almost forcing you to try to think about what does it mean to be us? How are we going to be together instead of how am I going to be with my roommate? Right, right. And I think this gets back to the question I want to remind everybody that there's a reason to go through this work because you can accomplish things together with the best parts of both of you that you are totally incapable of accomplishing on your own. That's right. If we don't believe that we're better together or that we can be better together with work, if we believe that we can be better together, if we can bring out the best of each of us and create something together amazing, 
then we're going to want to work on doing that. And we're going to naturally be willing to trade something lesser value for something of greater value. I think a lot of people don't, <clears throat> don't imagine, they have a failure of imagination, this very point that you're describing, and that is, can we build something together that's bigger than what we could build on our own? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, maybe that's not good. Right. Not a good sign right. for the relationship. But I think in the vast majority of cases, the answer is yes, you can. Mm-hmm. What is it going to be? If you're not considering that question, you're just meandering through life with right. your partner. That's right. So what is it that you want to build together? It is confusing as heck to try to be on the same page um, when you each have your own page. Yeah. And um, you spend very little time working on the joint page. Right. Because it's always going to be a power struggle of whose page are we going to be on today? Whose is more important? Yeah. And and when you're asking that question, you know... You're losing. Yeah. So, you know, it's a move from power of, you know, who has the power in the relationship to the idea that the power in the relationship comes from us working together. Yes, that's right. So that's the thing we were asking everybody to explore. Is It's a real simple question. And it seems like maybe the dumbest question in the world to ask after you've been married. But are we in this together? Are we, are we going to be about we or are we going to be about two me's? Yeah. What are we going to make together? What are we going to make? Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff to think about, Jeff. See you next time. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Please leave us a review and follow us so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit relational-media.com. 